Hello and welcome to Valley Lights Church Online. I've got my Christmas theme decoration here. I mean, we have made it past Thanksgiving, so you can see. If you're watching, you can see. And uh, just for fun, just because I think it's so funny, <laughs> I'm gonna let you see the whole rest of the garage. This is uh, this is this is what it looks like normally when you uh, can't. Uh, see the framing just the way I want you to so okay that's fun so I've got my little Christmas theme going on in here and uh, may add it add in the next coming weeks but uh, I'm glad you've tuned in and you're watching or listening along with us right now okay so recently we were getting low on coffee beans and I like really fresh ground coffee so but yeah but when we get to the end sometimes those coffee beans start getting a little bit stale well, my wife Erin was cleaning up the kitchen one night, and I was watching, and and she, I saw she was about to pour the the last bit of old stale coffee beans into a brand new container of coffee, and I said, "Whoa, whoa, hold the beans! Um, I really appreciate you cleaning, but uh, there will not be peace in this house if we mix up the old beans with the fresh ones." got to be fresh and uh, for some reason she didn't appreciate my high value of good quality coffee and <laughs> in that story I'm not sure who you side with uh, but the truth is on the whole we do live with a relatively high degree of peace in our home we have plenty of days where our kids fight and actually things it's not uncommon for things to get really contentious between Aaron and I too. But we've all learned to, we've learned how to clear up relationships. That's one of our core values as a church. Is there peace in your home? Would you say that uh, there's, there's a high degree of peace in the relationships of everyone that lives under your roof? And I don't, and I don't mean peace, just the absence of conflict. Because sometimes... There might be no conflict, but there's still not really peace. But just genuinely good vibes vibes where, hey, everyone under this house, we're on the same team. If that's, if that's the case for you, man, praise the Lord. Because that's, I think, a pretty rare thing. So you might have peace at home. What about peace in your mind? Would you say that you've got good control over your thoughts? Or when you're alone with your own thoughts, and it's just you and your mind, is it, is it peaceful? Or do you feel kind of jumpy or anxious or fretful? Or do you struggle and battle with the pain of loss or grief? You may or may not have peace in your mind. What about peace in our world right now? It would seem that our country is running a little bit low on peace. When I log into Facebook or Instagram, it generally doesn't feel like an atmosphere of serenity and tranquility. <laughs> it feels often more like hostility and controversy. And honestly, it, that makes me sad to see such quick reactions that we humans have towards one another. I came across a Bible verse recently this past week that sums it up really well. Uh, Psalm 127 says, um, the author says, I'm for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. (laughs) 
Man, I'm like, that's that's a good statement. That's how how do things get turned around into a fight so quickly? Tensions are very hot on a lot of topics right now. My name is Bruce. I'm the lead pastor of Valley Lights, and today you've tuned in to join us for the last message in a series of messages called Stacked. Four ways to stack good days. Now there's these four ingredients that we find in the Bible that say, hey, hey, if you love life and you want to see many good days stack up, you need these things. And we've been looking at a core passage throughout the series from Psalm 34. David, he writes this. It says, come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. That's number one. He says, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. That's number two. And he says, turn from evil and do good. We looked at that topic last week. And then today, he says, seek peace and pursue it. So what we see, what we'll learn is that we stack good days by pursuing peace. Now, when you think of that word, peace, what, how do most people view it? Maybe, maybe people think about the peace sign, you know, like the bird foot looking thing. <laughs> And you think of peace, maybe it makes you think of, you know, a different decade, you know, years and years ago, or old tie-dye in <laughs> parts of our country that uh, got into all peace, love, and stuff. You know, maybe that's what comes to mind. Or maybe a bird, a dove, or this picture is just a lovely, you know, a bird alights on a hand in a beautiful meadow. That seems peaceful. Or maybe peace brings to mind meditating in a really beautiful place you know sitting down and just thinking and breathing what which of those aspects of peace are we supposed to pursue if if david the author of the of this part of the bible he says we must seek peace and pursue it what are we supposed to do okay first we need to understand what the bible means when it says peace and so in particular, we're in the Old Testament of the Bible in this passage here. And uh, the, the word for peace comes from the Hebrew word shalom. Maybe you've heard the word shalom before. I've got a friend that I, I met at Starbucks right around the corner of my house. Name, uh, and uh, he uh, he's Jewish and he schools me on different uh, words from Hebrew from time to time. And so I asked him, I was like, hey, shalom. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be talking about this word shalom on Sunday. Is this a word that you use all the time? He's like, yeah, sure. It's like, I use that word all the time. Hello, goodbye. It means peace be with you. He's like, that's, that's number one. That's, that's Hebrew 101. You got to know shalom. And uh, I was like, okay, all right. So this, this word is still in use today. And shalom, it, the definition of this kind of peace uh, here's what it, it's actually a very broad term. It means completeness or soundness. There's this kind of welfare that has health and prosperity and safety and really good of every kind, all wrapped up in it. It's a very, it's a very good, rich, complex, complete definition of peace. More, it's uh, that. I mean, what it, it sounds really good actually. This kind of wholeness sounds really good. Um, it's a lot more complex than our typical idea of tranquility or, or peace, meaning no war. And this kind of peace that we can have in life, it's very different 
than happiness. Happy, being happy is, is when I feel up and I feel excited and I'm, you know, circumstances are in my favor. But that's di- it's different because you can have real peace even when happy things are not happening. So this shalom or this peace, it's a, it's a complete wellness that goes far beyond having the right blend of essential oils or natural remedies. It goes beyond having enough money and wealth, although it might include that. It goes beyond stress relief and being emotionally stable, although it might include that too. A life, it's really, it's really a life of this kind of peace is completely sound and steady physically and emotionally, spiritually and relationally. And can you believe, would you believe that the Bible gives us instructions and in how to even achieve that? It does. This word peace occurs, or um, well, I should say shalom. It, it gets translated in different ways, but it occurs... 237 times in just the Old Testament. And so it's a really big concept. Having this kind of complete wellness, it's key to stacking up good days. So we're told to seek it and pursue it. Well, duh. (laughs) Isn't that what we're all trying to do? I mean, isn't that sort of what the American dream is all about? Is life going well and things prosperity and health and wealth and family and relation everything going well yeah I, th- I think I think generally there's there's something like that that we're after but does everyone live with that kind of peace though would you say that I mean your, what's your opinion do you think that most people live with that kind of complete peace or would you say it's relatively few people that achieve that or how about you personally do you have that kind of peace in your life? Well, how do, how do you get that? How do you get that kind of complete, whole peace? Well, you came on a great day because those 237 occurrences of shalom, we're going to slowly walk through every one of those right now. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't got time for that. You didn't sign up for a seminar that intense. We're going to look at maybe a half dozen verses, so this is not going to be exhaustive, but this is just going to be a starting point for uncovering, I think, the kind of life that we all would really like. Before we do, though, I want to highlight the word pursue. Now, because, you know, David says, hey, seek peace and pursue it. Now, that word, it occurs many times as well in the Bible, and usually when you see the word pursue, it it involves an all-out chase of some kind. Usually someone going after an enemy to defeat them. Here's an example. Uh, Judges 8-4, Gideon is a warrior, uh, and the 300 men came to the Jordan and crossed it. They were exhausted, but still in pursuit of the enemy. This is a story where they have routed the enemy, but they need to wipe them out, and they need to make sure they complete the job all the way. And so they're on the they're on the move. They're in pursuit of the enemy, and it's very important they finish the job. And even though they're exhausted, they keep on going. So, in the Old Testament, to pursue something involves a rugged determination, just an intensity, and even maybe even an aggression 
to get the thing done. Let me give you an example. If you've seen Lord of the Rings, there's a scene where the three main characters, the man, the elf, and the dwarf, they're all running, and they're in pursuit of the two hobbits that got captured by the orcs. And so they're, they're running over mountains and plains. You can see a few different images and snapshots of it. And uh, examining the ground, looking for clues, and stumbling and rolling. <laughs> uh, the dwarf is rolling around trying to k- keep up with the, you know, the other long-legged men. And, but, but you know, they've got, they've got this rugged determination. They, actually, if you read the books... They're in pursuit for kind of a long time. There's many chapters where they're just trying to get after the hobbits. And you get this sense of just manly determination. So have that in mind when you think of this life of peace that we're supposed to pursue. Not just, uh, you know, we don't just sit on a rock and think happy thoughts. No, we, we need to go after it. There is a life that God intends us to live, and we really need to aggressively go after it. So, that means the peace, that wholeness that God intends, is not circumstance-dependent. You know, we don't have good peace depending on what's going on around us. It's actually dependent on how we live. We have a choice in the matter. So, this word peace, whenever I see a word in the Bible, and I think, you know, I think this one is important, and I really need to understand it better. The best way that I've found is to read other verses that have that word and try to find it in the context and learn more about it, get different shades and meanings and examples of how that word is used. And every time you get to a new verse, I can draw out more insights for a more complete understanding of what the word means. So we're gonna do that together as we work through some of the meaning. Really, to answer the question, how do you pursue peace and the shalom kind of peace, the really good wellness one? So here's a verse. Look at Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. It says, you will keep the mind, you being God, God will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace. For it is trusting in you. Trust in the Lord forever, because the Lord, the Lord himself, is an everlasting rock. So, some things that I notice about this verse. One is that it's God who's the one that provides the peace. It says, God will keep the mind in perfect peace. And the other thing I notice is that the thing that he keeps in peace is our minds. And so, this is not just our physical brain matter in there, but really our way of seeing and thinking, and assessing, and setting direction for our lives. How would it help you right now to have your mind be at perfect peace and wellness? What anxieties would be put to rest? What concerns would just evaporate? The people that God gives this kind of peace to, and here's the key in this verse, they're dependent on him. They know that they can't get by in life without him, and they trust him more than they trust anything else in life. The reason that we can trust God to such a degree is he's an everlasting rock. He's totally dependable. After ages and ages have gone gone by, he is still enduring and trustworthy. 
So what we get from this verse is one aspect of pursuing peace is to aggressively trust in the Lord. Now, it's got to be aggressive because there's going to be many things that are going to try to erode our trust in Him. I actually had this happen this week in a pretty sad way. And, uh, I have a friend who posted on Facebook um, basically that he's not a Christian anymore. And he's a guy that, you know, we grew up together and spent hours and hours together and have had many long talks in adult life about Christianity. And this actually came as a surprise. And he said, uh, now this is, I mean, I think what you'll see is this reflects somebody that no longer trusts in the Lord, even though that was the case for many years. He says, I need to say this publicly. I no longer identify as a Christian. I haven't for over three years. Do whatever you like with that information. Christianity is the village that raised me, and I'll be forever grateful for the Christians in my life that have been so wonderful and kind. I know some of you will feel like this is like the death of a friend. I've felt that feeling so many times when my friends left the faith. This is a public funeral of the Christian me so that I can start being more open and honest with where I'm at. I'm sure I'll start talking about this more in detail. I just need to get this out there first. Well, I don't know how that lands on you, but you know what's amazing is there was an explosion of comments uh, on this post. And most of them, the majority of them, were very joyous and affirming. A lot of people giving props and kudos and encouragement and affirmation. I mean, if if my friend was looking for affirmation on that decision, boy, he got it. Many would say about him now that he's finally on the path to really finding peace in life, away from the guilt and the constraints of Christianity and away from the hiding and the hypocrisy. A lot of people are really glad for him. And uh, I pray for my friend. To stay on the pursuit of God, to really trust him, boy, that's a narrow path. Very few remain faithful over a lifetime. In comparison, Jesus said, narrow is the gate, but only a few find it. Very few people say this, God, you are my God. I trust you. I know you will be good to me. You will not rip me off, and I will be faithful to you. I trust you. Very few people say that enduringly throughout a lifetime. That's what's required for the kind of peace that we find in the Old Testament. But let's look at another verse. This one's from Psalm 119. It says, Abundant peace belongs to those who love your instruction. Nothing makes them stumble. And what I notice about this verse is there's overflowing peace and goodness in life, and it goes to people that love God's commands. Over and over, I have seen God's word in my life make a difference. I find out what he commands in an area for my marriage or my kids or my approach with finances. And when I, when I do what he says, it goes amazingly well. And I'm so grateful. I, I feel that his word is, it's, in, um, it's a gift whose value cannot be measured. So when our appreciation for his word, for his commands, 
for his instruction, when that runs deep, things that trip up other people don't trip us up. People may falter and stumble and question things that are going on in life, but we're able to continue striding forward. Another verse, similar, it's Isaiah 48:18. God says, If only you had paid attention to my commands, then your peace would have been like a river. Now, a river is, imagine just a full-flowing, gushing river, you know, full to the banks. Really, what that... I think what this is, is an image of lush growth. I mean, all around a river, even if it's in the middle of a very arid place, around the river, there's a lot of life. There's fertility and growth. And a river that runs on and on, it brings life and refreshment wherever it goes. That's what the, the effect of peace that would happen in our lives if we would pay attention to God's commands. So what that means, the kind of peace that God intends We've got to aggressively learn God's commands. We've got to stay in pursuit. We've got to keep knowing what he instructs in different parts of life. That means regular reading of his word, thinking and, and meditating, focusing our minds, and really applying whatever it is that we've read in the Bible. The Bible is not just a pretty book on a shelf for display, but it's a manual for daily living. I've heard... I've heard it said, kind of a catchy phrase, it says, uh, you know, if I, if I miss one day of reading my Bible, God notices. If I miss two days, then I start to notice. But if I miss three days, everyone else begins to notice. I haven't had my time with God. And <laughs> we start so easily, we veer off track. Let's look at another verse to get another aspect of this peace, this shalom. Psalm 37, 37. It says, watch the blameless and observe the upright, for the person of peace will have a future. Now, the blameless and upright person, that's, that's the kind of person that is pure, is very careful to do what's right. They, they live to please God in everything that they do. It means I don't cut corners, I don't make excuses or try to get away with anything. For this person of peace, the path leading into the future looks really good. Another verse says, the result of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quiet confidence forever. Righteousness is similar to being blameless and upright like we just read. Really, it's, it's having a life of integrity and honest living, being very godly. It's clean living that honors God. And the result is a life of peace. And that quiet confidence that we get, boy, that's a, that, that is a steadiness. We're, right, we're able to weather storms and be unruffled by it. So the kind of peace that's described here, we've got to aggressively live inside God's boundaries. Now, when I think about knowing what God's commands and then keeping my life inside of it, it's, it, it's like a code for living. I think about building codes for houses. We had a, um, a house that was kind of like a studio. It was about 400 square feet. My wife and I, we moved into that shortly after we were married, and we loved it. It was great. It was great because the rent was super cheap. But, you know, it was not up to code. It had a few quirks about it. Uh, here's a photo of it. This is 
you know, the kitchen, the living room, the dining room, all smushed into one. And when it would rain, things in the bedroom area would get a little damp and then wet and then moldy. And I don't know how deep in the walls the mold went or the floors, it couldn't tell, but you could smell it. And actually we started having reactions from that. Also the plumbing from the toilet would get backed up and then it would start bubbling up into the shower. Lovely. That's not good. You know, true, so where, where we actually lived, it was a garage that someone made to look like a house. They cut a hole in the back of it for a door and then they just tacked on a sloping bedroom and called it a house. And to be honest, we did love our time there, but you know, with some of those quirks, you're like, what else? What else is gonna fall apart in here? Um, we, uh, we were married, we actually had Liana there for about a year, and then we moved to a new place that God provided for us. But it was not, it was not up to code. There were things that I think did not get inspected there. And I realized there's reasons for housing codes. Compare that to walking into a home that is perfectly up to code. Here's a photo of an example. Imagine a house that's got straight corners and walls, no leaks anywhere in any of the plumbing. It's well insulated. Uh, the air conditioning works well. The heat works well. The electrical work is done right. There's no risk of sparks. The locks and the doors and windows are secure. Which house would you rather live in? Which house do you think would give a better amount of peace over the long run? When we can live in a way where our lives are up to code with God's standards that we're, we're in compliance. And when we're determined to live that way, no aspect of our life is out of place or wayward or skewed. So if you, if you were to do all of these things where you, where you aggressively trust in the Lord, learn his commands, and then live inside of his boundaries, God promises a life of peace and completeness and wellness and wholeness. David said, seek peace and pursue it. Man, go after it, run after it, spend your life running after that. These things put us on that path to peace. There's many more verses that give more idea of what that would be like. These three action steps also are a pretty good summary description of what it means to be a Christian. There's a lot of ideas about what a Christian is and might be somebody just a name or affiliation, but, but living this way, this actually is someone who has truly submitted their lives to Christ. So uh, we've covered the four ingredients mentioned in Psalm 34, 11 through 14. These four ways to stack good days. So look again what David said, come my children, listen to me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And in our live Sunday morning gathering in person, we're, we're actually going to sing a song that is that. One of my favorite artists uh, released a song of these verses word for word and put it to music and it's, it's pretty catchy. And... We're uh, singing that together in service, which makes the verses really easy to remember. 
The name of the artist is Seeds Family Worship, and the song is Listen to Me. So to summarize, if we were to take this core passage that we've been working through, how to stack good days. First, fear the Lord, which means I take him seriously. I really, really factor him into my life. Two, tear down the wall of deceit. There's a lot of ways that we may deceive and trick people. A lot of things that we hide from view. We got to tear that wall down. Three, do good. Do courageous, active good in life. And not just good, what seems good to me, but truly what's good in God's eyes. And then number four, we're looking at today is pursue peace. So there might be some next steps you might consider taking in response to either this message or this series as a whole. One might be to memorize Psalm 34, 11 through 14. Maybe you want to have this fresh and handy in your mind for guidance through life. Uh, another next step I would really encourage is read Psalm, the whole chapter 34 this week. It's really good. There's a lot in there about um, how to find a real life of blessing as we trust in the Lord and the ways that he provides. It's, it's really encouraging. It's a great psalm. Uh, you might read that this week and study it and try to apply some other parts of it. Um, another next step that you might consider taking is to find peace with God by deciding to follow Jesus for the very first time. Maybe you've been thinking about doing that or you've been wanting to learn about that. If that's the case, let us know. Mark that on your card. And we'd love to be a help to you in that process. And then a fourth next step is maybe I need to talk with a church leader about an area that I'm struggling to trust God. Maybe there's something going on that's really making it difficult for you to see his goodness or to believe in it. Or that, that faith that says, God, I know you'll not rip me off. That, that can be hard to arrive at at times. Maybe you need some help talking that through. So with all of this talk about peace, you might be thinking, listen, my life is anything but peaceful. Maybe you're struggling with loss or sadness or problems that are, un that are going on unsolved. Or maybe you're dealing with broken relationships. It might be easier to truck along, kind of bear it and endure those things the rest of the year, but maybe right now the holidays are creating a pretty tender time. This month ahead might bring a swirl of emotions that is very difficult. And so if you feel brokenhearted or you feel that trouble is crushing, you're not alone. Actually, just after this core passage that we've been studying for four weeks, David writes another thought that is very encouraging to me. In verse 17, he says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I know a lot of people that fit in that category right now. And if it's you, you're not alone. We serve a God who will never leave us or forsake us. When we place our trust in him and our aim with our lives is to please him, he promises to draw near to us and to help us when the trouble strikes. So let's 
remain faithful to him. Let's pray together. Lord, you've given us a path to peace with you and a complete and whole peace in life. And it's not easy to come by. And uh, we need your help, Lord. There's, there's a way of trusting you and learning your commands and staying within them that, uh, that does bring peace. But walking in that kind of faith, it, it takes a lot of repetition and it takes a lot of focus and a lot of help. I believe, from the Holy Spirit. So would you provide the help that we need? Um, for Even for those that have been Christians for a long time, would you cause our faith to deepen even more, for our trust in you to, to uh, gain even more strength, for us to know you better, even in difficulty. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.